look, tailgating is part, it's re- really part of what we are about. Uh, I guess uh, interaction yeah. is what we're about. And if the Cornhuskers don't take a kid, we're going to take them, you know? Hey, Jackrabbit fans, welcome to part two of a special FCS episode, Brendan's interview with BMAC. Let's go. I'd say, man, appreciate what you have because it's pretty darn good, you know? You don't see a lot of transfers going into Valley schools. I mean, there's... No. Now, Southern Illinois is kind of a, a, a unique animal with that. They they are a little more like an OVC team. Go Jackrabbit. Because right. we insulted your backup punter. What is their reputation around the country? Uh, top five. No question. Always. I mean, I, I'll be blunt when I say this. There's... A lot of these group of five schools are no better, absolutely no better than FCS schools. All right, we're about to drop into the middle of Brendan's interview with BMAC, uh, brought to you by the Jackrabbit Illustrated Media Network. You look at it, there is a decent-sized section of SDSU fans who are um, very frustrated because in which I've find interesting because SDSU and you go back to before 2007 was mediocre at best and now we're where we're at and been to a couple semifinals and whatnot but they're very frustrated feel like SDSU should have gotten to the point where they won a national title oh man at some point and are frustrated with coaches and things like Mm. that and from a national perspective what is the what is the image of SDSU nationally because these fans it feels like you know and you know the last two semifinal appearances were not great appearance showings specifically the James Madison game and the NDSU game but and that just adds fuel to the fire course but from a national's perspective what is the thought process on SDSU is it that they're the team that the that just can't get over the hump is there something they're missing out on or is it just that we're so close that we just happen to be rivals with the team that's got too many national championships in the last decade and it just drives everybody to a point of not being rational well i mean let's look at the hump you're trying to get over i mean the hump is the national semifinals for the most part i mean it's south yeah what is their reputation around the country uh, top five no question always and 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 i would throw weber state in there the last four years ish um you know the best four programs in the country for the last three or four years have been ndsu jmu south dakota state and weber state as a whole i mean that's that's right. just been the way it is and um yep. it's it's hard for me to cry about that from an outsider standpoint i'd say that's pretty darn good and stig has built that and he's He's a good man. He's a good man. Um, and he, yep. he does it the right way. His kids love him. Um, you definitely have uh, a big challenge up the road from you, a challenge that would be a challenge, I think, for the bottom half of the P5 at least. You right. know, so 
I think, and they've got, well, they have 25 fewer scholarships or 23, I think, fewer scholarships. Of course, they make up for it yep. with their walk-on program, but um, right. they they are operating like an FCS school, and yet they're, they've built themselves up to be that good. That's And you guys have beaten them. You know, you've beaten right. them twice in the last four years. I mean, <laughs> um, you've proved you can, and, and hey, last year's game before the injury, you know, I, I, I mean... I don't think I don't think NDSU beats you guys last year, uh, you know, on, on college game day. If you know right. that doesn't happen, I, I just don't. I mean, you guys were owning that game, and and there's been games in the past where I'm like, man, man, Stig and his staff is, have really game planned this well. You know, I think what was it the regular season in eighteen? Was it uh, that was a four point game, wasn't it? Yeah, that 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 game. And it was a four-point game, but it felt like SDSU probably should have won the game. That by yeah. two scores. And yeah, I mean, and that's just that's and I know they had a rematch, and and it was you know, um, it was not, not good. But I mean, so what we've had is we've had two South Dakota State wins over NDSU in the last four years. Um, in that span, what JMU's beaten them once. Um, no, what nobody's beaten them in two years. You know, so. You know, right. it's just I if I was a Jackrabbit fan, I'd be I'd be stoked about what's going on up there because and I, you know, to get back to recruiting again, which I, I have a, you know, it's like my my mistress is recruiting. I love recruiting. <laughs> I mean, when you're building a team and I remember thinking this when I was at the Sporting News and I was seeing what North Dakota State was doing, um, I remember thinking, how in the heck are they doing that? Because, you know, it didn't make any sense to me. What's How do you build a pipeline to the Dakotas where you can get good enough talent to go toe-to-toe with Big Ten and Big 12 teams? But they do. They do it. And, and, and they do such a great job of it. You know, and Coach Stig told me. I mean, I remember asking, okay, where, where do you build your teams? I mean, obviously, you're going to want the best guys from in-state. You need to do that. You're going to get those yep. – those big boys up front, you know, from, you know, the Midwest. Um, and what do you like beyond that? And he, he, he said, you know, we've really got a good pipeline in Arizona. And I said, Arizona, oh, that's not bad. That's a good place to go. Cause you're going to be getting some of that, that skill talent down there. Um, and he said, and, I, and we love Nebraska. We feel like, you know, if the Cornhuskers don't take a kid, we're going to take them, you yeah. know, um, you know, and, and I mean, they, they've, he's built something there that's, uh, made this team, you know, almost a perennial 10 win team. And I don't yep. know how you could poo poo that. I mean, this is good elite competition at the top of the FCS level and South Dakota state's very much in that. So um, I'd say, man, appreciate what you have. Cause it's pretty darn good. You know? Right. Yeah. And I get a kick out of that. Cause I, I go to these guys who go, what we, you saw what happened in Nebraska when they got, when they got rid of both. Right. So now they're, Right. They're a mess. We're, as SDSU fans, we're looking at this game going next year, going, we we should. Oh, I this. think you could. You know? Yeah. And, you know, it really feels like we should. But, and, you know, it's interesting you talk about that building a team thing, because coming into last year, obviously, now knowing what we know, Jabori Gibbs and everything, but there was a lot of people who wanted this program to bring in a new quarterback, mm-hmm. a transfer quarterback. And my argument was that's gonna that that could really thrash your 
chemistry. Your chemistry. Your, your yeah. chemistry. You bring in bring in a quarterback over a guy who waited, you know, as long as sure. he did, and who's just ready as a redshirt freshman after you recruit him in. That can wreck your recruiting on top of hurting your team. Yes, chemistry. it can. No, that's a great point. And that uh, that you always have to worry about that. I mean, uh, uh, you know, a transfer quarterback could come in and and be a great thing, yeah, but he could also it could it could mess a lot of things up. So. Uh, and you're right. And Gibbs, Gibbs worked out really well, you know, before he got hurt. And, and even, um, even the guys that came in afterwards, what is it? Keaton? I, you know, Keaton's back, isn't he? Heidi. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He's back. He was a true freshman. Yeah. He played year, fine. Which is, you know, it, which makes it interesting. Cause now there's, uh, something of a quarterback yeah. battle. Yeah. And I know you have a and, senior coming back, uh, you know, but I, but boy, yep. Gibbs looks so good against NDSU. I, it, uh, and Keaton, you know, granted Keaton got the bulk of the brutal games, you know, and I right. know Gibbs had played, you know, the, m- maybe the easier half of the schedule seemed like it came in the first half of the season after the right. Minnesota game. Yep. Um, and I mean, you guys became Minnesota all they wanted for God's sakes. I mean, you, you know, you were really cruising coming into that NDSU game with all that steam and, um, and then that happened, but you know, you, you have some talent already on the roster. So, uh, that puts you in a better position, I think, than a lot of teams, you know, that are trying to figure out how are they going to deal with this coronavirus thing and, and right. whether they're going to be able to, you know, obviously we didn't get spring practice this year. Are we even yeah. going to get August? Who knows? Right. But, um, and you have quarterbacks that got real good game experience and, and you guys lost some games, but none of them were ever bad. Right. Even, even with Keaton playing quarterback, I mean, that, I'd say, with those guys and those offensive weapons coming back, I know the line lost some kids, but you know, losing Christian on defense and having a couple kids do the transfer portal, I know there's always going to be attrition, but that defense still looks pretty stout. And um, yeah. you got weapons, you got quarterbacks who played in big games, um, and you know South Dakota State's always going to have a strong line. It might right. be new new names, but you can have a strong line, and and it does look good. Yeah. <laughs> it looks, it looks uh, really good. And again, that comes down to recruiting, you know? Right. Yep. And, you know, so. looking at, I was kind of looking at this year and last year was just painful athletics experience for SCSU fans across the board. You don't know, but in men's basketball before the tournament happened, our conference player of the year got hurt right before the conference tournament happened and wasn't oh, able really? to play our stud for women's basketball, which women's basketball, I'm, sure from you talking for about covering the ncaa tournament is huge at sdsu uh-huh and our top player got hurt before the season was out for the season there so us and injuries have not been friends this last year oh i know but um looking at what sdsu's got coming back and jabori and pierre strong uh you know kate johnson uh yeah. defense i'm pretty sure if I remember right, Matt said like nine of 11 starters are coming back and maybe not now with Diamond Evans transferring. So, you know, right. eight of 11 starters coming back. And I know you and I was hammered by injuries last year as well. Yeah, Yes, they were. And they were really good with the injuries. So do you think that if SDSU and you and I stay healthy, it's possible that even though NDSU brings most everybody back, it could be a more difficult road for him to win the conference this year than it was last year. Yeah, it could. Yeah, it could be. It could be. And I, I don't have all the schedules in front of me to see where all the games are and all that. Right. Um, obviously, you guys should be cycling back up to Fargo this year, so that's key. Yeah. Um, 
uh, you know, I don't know where all the, the, the UNI game is and all that, but, and I, you know, and I think that that plays a big role in it because if the teams are right. kind of, well, I don't think it, it'd be 50, 50 matchups, but you know, if it's close, then, uh, where it's being played is big. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I think, I think the, um, the upper echelon, uh, is always, and don't discount Illinois state, you know, that I losing, right. losing James is big, but yeah. I mean, he, you, you talked about injuries with you and I, uh, you know, what he was doing, you know, it's like, Hey, we all know it's going to be James Robinson, James Robinson, yep. James Robinson. And it didn't matter. He still was killing the people. Oh, his numbers in those playoff games were ridiculous. It was unbelievable. Yeah. And, you know, so Illinois state's another one of those kind of programs, I think, um, and I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if another one pops up this year. That's a little, not as well known, like a Southern Illinois or a South Dakota or, or a Indiana state or something too. So, you know, who knows, but yeah, it could, they could chop each other up. I mean, that's, that's been, I mean, up until the last two years, you remember every year NDSU won a title. They only had one undefeated season. You know, they right. got beaten by a Valley team every single year between the first title. And I think the 2017 title, because you guys beat them at 17. Yep. So, um, yep. It, you know, from 2011 to 17, they won all but one of the titles and they only had one year where they didn't get beaten by a Valley team in the regular season. So yeah, absolutely. They could, they could get knocked around, tw- you know, once or twice. Yeah. That'd, that'd be huge for the FCS in general. I think yeah. it would, I think it would for be good. Time. I think it would be, it would be good for, uh, I think the, the reputation of this level that, okay, everybody knows how good NDSU is. And Oh, by the way, two teams knocked them off in the regular season. So that, right. you know, that tells you the parity is improving. So, yeah. Yeah, that'd be that'd be good, and you know, be a, maybe a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Maybe, for, yeah, for some teams to to see that happen and everything. Um, look, at, you cover the Southland and the OVC and the CAA and mm-hmm. kind of that southwestern eastern region and all that. What I mean, I don't know. Have you been up to any any games or just had more online interaction, maybe? But it, have you noticed any major difference between the fan bases of each conference when you interact with them and things like that? And just yeah. the game day atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't do as much game coverage. Uh, we do hit, you know, I've been up to the kickoff classics and you know, when we divide, when we quote unquote divide up the country, Sam, it's really more of a, like if we're going to write a feature uh, yeah. about a Montana kid, then Sam's going to handle it. And if, we're going to write a feature about, uh, you know, nickel state kid. I'm going to handle it. That's sort of thing. And also right. uh, we did attend media days for those particular conferences. So, um, so we, we keep a little bit closer eye on the conferences that are in our half, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's big personality differences. There's no question. Um, the OVC is very uh, well, Southland and the OVC and the SOCON are very southern feeling and that's where i grew up and um i like those people i i really get along well it's kind of an aw shucks uh almost good old boy type feel but it's uh but really honestly the whole country is pretty much like that i mean the midwestern people are just as nice which is you know there it what's fascinating is how 
much, you know, all the, uh, and I, I, when I say stigma, it's positive stigma, you know, how friendly the reputation of a Midwesterner is, you know, people have that, uh, notion that Midwesterners are very friendly and they're very accommodating and, you know, bent over backwards, make you feel comfortable. And that's so true. I mean, you know, you feel that in the parking lot at a tailgate and, and it's the same thing with the Jacksonville States and the, uh, you know, when you talk to the, uh, you know, the, the Lamars and the, um, McNeese States and, you know, those kids, um, and the fans, um, you know, the fans, I think have a little bit of an inferiority complex about what they call, well, what we only yeah. call the big three, the top three conferences, which is, it's not even debatable that the Valley CAA and the big sky are the most dominant ever since Appalachian state, and Georgia Southern left the SOCON. There's been a clear right. dichotomy between those three and what I'd call the next three-ish. You could throw the Big South in there, which is OVC, Southland, and SOCON. Um, Big, Big South is definitely number seven. Um, and then right. you get into kind of the, the leagues up in the Northeast, like the Patriot, which is a tough league too. Um, the NEC, which is, you know, they only have like 40-something scholarship so it's a little different ball up yep. there the ivy league's its own thing and the hbcus and the pioneers non-scholarship so um when it gets to the fourth fifth and sixth and maybe seventh if you want to put the big south in there uh conferences they get sick of hearing about the valley they get sick of hearing about the caa um yep. there's a chip on their shoulder but they they just have not been able to catch up in a while and um, you know, Jacksonville state is the butt of a lot of jokes when I go on radio shows up yeah. North, um, they keep, you know, and I, I, there's a legitimate question, you know, why can't Jacksonville state, which gets sec transfers get anywhere near uh, North Dakota state, uh, South Dakota state, if Jacksonville state had gone up to South, South Dakota state in the last four years, it would have gotten throttled by the Jackrabbits. And if you think about that, okay, you're schooling Alabama. And a school in South Dakota, right. and the South Dakota school is going to kill them. I mean, look what Maine did to them in the playoffs. Maine, right? You know, it doesn't make yeah. any sense. But I think the nature of the Southland in the OVC more than any conference, and I don't think this is necessarily a bad thing. They do kind of act like a second chance you type of place, right? Um, sometimes it's a Juco kid coming from Kansas or Georgia or, you know, or Louisiana or, or the Mississippi Juco's, whatever. And sometimes it's a kid that just didn't make it at Auburn. And, and it could be a lot of reasons. Maybe he wasn't really good enough. Maybe he did something off the field. And I think, you know, the Nicholses and the Sam Houston's and the Jacksonville States and, um, Tennessee States, they take these kids and they give them a second chance, and a lot of them end up getting a chance to play in the pros. But sometimes, like right. you touched on, Brendan, the chemistry thing, I don't know if that's it, or I, I don't totally understand why those schools that aren't a little bit better, considering the level of talent they have coming into the programs. Um, but it could just be as simple as maybe chemistry, continuity, um, you know, being in a program five years, uh, you know, doing the red shirt, putting on the good weight, um, you know, these guys are coming in with two years left and, and where they came from, it really didn't work out. So maybe there's something to not quite 
right there. Yeah, I don't know. But that's the kind of the difference. You don't see a lot of transfers going into Valley schools. I mean, there's no. now Southern Illinois is kind of a, a, a unique animal with that. They they are a little more like an OVC team. They'll take some transfers. Um, but but yep. you don't see it a lot in the Dakota schools. And what the Dakota schools do is is really impressive. So maybe they're onto something. You know, I don't know. Yeah, in the Valley, you, you tend to see more transfers at like Illinois State, Southern Illinois, and Youngstown yeah. State. Um, but I know at least like when SDSU does this, and since you're you're the recruiting guy, um, is it maybe part of the reason they have more transfers that they take down in the OVC in the Southland? You know, your Sam Houston States and all those guys. When SDSU has a guy that they really wanted, and he gets. Uh, spot at mm-hmm. Iowa or Nebraska. Mm-hmm. When he goes to the transfer, they go and t- contact him because they were already recruiting him and have a relationship. Does that maybe happen more often because there's yeah. more FBS schools? Absolutely. South? Does that ha- is that a lot? It of is frequency? that that and that yes, that has a lot to do with it. Because you know, if you're at Jacksonville State, um, yeah, they do get Alabama, Auburn, and Tennessee kids, but they also get a lot of Troy State kids. Um, Southern Miss, you know, and all these schools, the proximity is within just a couple hours, if not down the street Mm -hmm. in a lot of instances. And you're right. Geographically, there's not a whole lot of that going on in the upper Midwest where, um, yeah, if you don't make it at, at you know, uh, a P5 school, um, you know, in the state of Dakota, the Dakotas, which, of course, is non-existent. There isn't one. But it would seem to be a natural next step. Like if you didn't make it at, um, you know, let's say there was a Big 12 school in South Dakota. Well, now you have two options. You could play at SDSU or you could play at USD or you could go to North the North Dakota schools, whatever. Uh, there are. Yep. Yeah. there, And, you know, don't discount too. I mean, I, I'll be blunt when I say this. There's a lot of these group of five schools are no better. Absolutely no better than FCS schools, but because they are FBS schools and they need to draw 45,000 fans and they need to make bowl games, their coaches are mm-hmm. just as big a sleaze bags as you would find at some P5 schools. And I'm not saying every coaching no staff kidding. is bad. Oh, yeah, sometimes I'm not going to throw sense. schools out. But, you know, a kid goes to, right. you know, let's say a Sunbelt school or, or, you know, Mountain West or whatever, a Mac and those coaches are cutthroat, and they may lie to get a kid to come in. Right. And then once the kid comes in, they, you know, they see something they don't like in the first month, and they don't give them another chance. It's much more of a business at the group of five level than it is at the mm-hmm. FCS level. And so you get the politics almost immediately the minute you walk into one of those group of five schools because there is monetary pressure. There's a lot of money going to those schools. Right. And kids get pissed quickly and they want to move on. And that's a lot of kids that right. want to transfer. And yeah, if you're getting recruited by Troy or, you know, Southern Miss or Florida International, um, you're probably also being recruited by, uh, you know, Furman or Mercer or, you know, whatever. You're, you're probably getting some FCS love too. And you develop those relationships, just like you said, you know, if a kid, ultimately picks Iowa, but he was recruited by Coach Stig and his staff. If Iowa doesn't work out, that might be the natural next step. And that 
that is right. you see that a lot and and there's just a a lot more of those kids in the south so you're right it's it's a different animal but it's just like man it lately it just hasn't worked you know right. it'd be one thing if like Jacksonville State and Sam Houston and Nichols and some of the powers down south um played NDSU and SDSU and JMU tough and they but they fell by 7 it's not like that. They lose right. by like 30, 40. Yeah. They, they fold. Like it's, I, yeah. It's, it's, it's to me, it always seems like a toughness thing. I, and I, I can't put my finger right. on it, man. It's a, it's a hard, you know, I sat in front of the, I, I went to Houston and I went to Nashville for Southland and OVC respectively. And, and I, I, I didn't want to be <laughs> brutally forward with that question, but I kind of tiptoed around it. Like, what, what do you guys think is the next step? You know, and um, they just praised the elite teams. They said, man, that's just a tough mountain to get over. You know, we're, we're still winning our conference. We're still winning 10 games. We're very happy with what our program does. We make the playoffs. We go around or two. But there is just a wall there that we just haven't been able to get over lately, and that's that's generally how they put it. Yeah, I, I understand the feeling. Yeah, you know, coming from SDSU, it's like you run into this wall a bunch yeah. of times. So here's a just as a fun question, uh, since I you are really active on social media and all that stuff, and we we're just talking about differences in fan bases and all that stuff. What? fan base irritates you the most on Twitter and social media. Oh man. Um, well, I, I, I won't, I won't use the word irritate, um, because right. I, you know, and I'm not saying this to BS. I, I really appreciate anybody who's paying attention to what we're doing, but I have had a lot of like, when it comes to fans going at me, um, mm-hmm. Sam Houston, man, I, at some point along the line, I went on and early on when I was at Hero, I used to go on the. I, and I still do this. I go on the, the 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 team fan pages and just say, "Hey, everybody! You know, I'm Brian. I cover Hero Sports. If you know, mm-hmm. I hope uh, you know. If you ever have questions or anything, or you want to interact, I sure would love to interact." And blah blah blah. Most fan boards are like, "Hey, great to have you on here. You know, welcome. Come back anytime. You know, if you have a story you want to share, you know, please do." And and I, I try not to overdo it with that, but I do that from time to time. And I went on right. Sam Houston's and I I posted something and I think um, a couple people jumped down my throat and they said, we listened to your interview with Fargo. You were trashing us. <laughs> and I, I said, first of all, thanks for listening to the interview in Fargo. I'm impressed. But second of all, um, I'm not trashing you on it, but I am stating the facts, you know, that it it hadn't gone real well lately and it used to go well. And and I remember going back and forth with them. And what happened is I I probably should have just pulled out of the board and deleted the comment and just not gone back. But, you know, I I was like, I'm, you know, my old take has always been killing with kindness and, you know, um, you know, try to turn everybody into a friend, you know, which is a different right. take than journalism. It, that's not the way we did things in the newspaper world. It was, you have a job, you report, you stay out mm-hmm. of friendships, but that's not our business model. Our business model is to get along with the fans. It is to mix it up. That is what we do. So I, I tried to do, you know, I tried to, um, 
talk uh, with these fans and kind of, I was hoping I'd win them over and go, you know, I still think you got a pretty damn good program. I just think you've been slaughtered the last couple times you've gone far in the playoffs. Boy, I set off a hornet's nest in that board. And those people have go, they still go at me years later. Uh, they call me the um, fake news, which, you know, we can get on all into oh, politics yeah. with that. Uh, fa- I'm, I'm yeah. fake news. I'm mainstream media. I'm, uh, and it's funny because I'm, I'm not a Republican or a Democrat. So I, you know, I, whatever you want <laughs> right. to, I'm not, I'm not your typical I'm, media, you know, I think, football. Yeah. This is football. <laughs> I don't care about all that. And, um, yeah, it's not anything like that. And, and, uh, I'm not a slanted media type. I, I actually love all these teams equally and I will use the word love. I, I do. I really do. But I, I don't play any favorites, uh, and it doesn't matter what I say. They and I and I don't mean just poking fun of me. I mean they could be personal and nasty. Um, oh yeah, uh, Montana fans from time to time. Uh, the Grizz fans, Bobcats fans are great for the most part. Uh, the Grizz fans will go at you, <laughs> um, and I've been told a couple times by guys I know doing Montana radio and media that that it's just they feel like they are in their own universe and all outsiders are garbage. <laughs> right. The enemy. Um, those probably are the worst. Most I'm telling you, man, 99% are awesome to deal with. I mean, just awesome. And I, uh, I, it's been overwhelmingly positive uh, the whole time I've been doing this um, and it, it's it's amazing to me how many of the players uh, follow what we do, how many coaches follow what we do, um, how many fans do, you know, it, it, head coaches, uh, you name it. I mean, I, I mean, I even did a podcast with the president of Weber State last December, uh, Brad Mortensen. He he was following me all fall, and he would comment a lot of times, and I'm like, Jesus, this is the president of the university, and finally, really? um, yes. Yes, idea at Weber State goes, I mean, Brad really likes you. You you should do a podcast with him. And I'm like, why not? Let's do it. This is obviously a, a, a school president who really, right. really gets it. Yeah, he really gets it, uh, that this is a big deal and his program is good. He's got a great coach. And we had a great podcast. And, you know, in, he, I, interact, I interact with him on Twitter all the time. So, I mean, most of it's, you know, ADs, most of it's positive. It's um, – but, uh, yeah, you do have the occasional, um, like last year when I, when I did not have NDSU number one in my poll for about six weeks, <laughs> I, I had never, it's amazing. I know, I know NDSU fans are opinionated, um, uh-huh. and uh, they are, uh, but I really had never had a massive negative, not, not poking fun at me, but I mean, mean, mean right. stuff. Like where they look up your wife's name and stuff like that. Oh, Jesus. oh, oh, that stuff I is hope not. That, that. No, that that's happened. God, there's stories about that going sporting news, but um, oh, they'll 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 hunt you down. And I got into it with a couple NDSU fans that I had to block um, that uh, were really really brutally mean, and and I even exposed them a couple times. And most of the NDSU fans who were barking at me went. All right, that's that's going beyond, you know. Right. I mean, we 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 don't we don't agree with you, but 
we don't hate you, you know? Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I actually connected with a lot of new NDSU fans over that because I said, look, I don't mind you thinking I'm crazy because I don't have NDSU number one. But is this an N- is this representative of NDSU fans? And the, the response was amazing. They were like, no, yeah, that is not us. You know, we do not yep. make comments about your weight, your wife, your, you know, that we don't do that. Right. That's not us. Right. So, uh, and I, and I, I believe it, but you will get some of that and it is annoying and it does make you bang your head against the wall a little bit until you wake up and go, ah, let it go. You know? Yeah. Let it so, slide. Yeah. They, 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 NDSU fans from living up here generally are pretty all right. I they are. Talk too much smack to them. I got some, I got some good friends and you're right about the FCS, man. I got some friends from posting and talking just as a fan yeah. from, I had a discord with a buddy of mine now down in Stephen F. Austin, yeah. a buddy who's a UNI fan and other guys. Um, there's a Jacksonville state fan who was in the band. Yeah. And then two NDSU guys who, when I moved up to Fargo, I didn't, I didn't know anybody. My wife deployed and I was just hanging out in our apartment with my cat by myself. Right. And they invited me out to go tailgate with them. And before we ended up even tailgating, I went over to their house to watch the SDSU versus TCU game. Oh yeah. Before I, before I had ever met them. Wow. And just went over there and watched and hung out and had beer and had a great time. And now they're some of the best friends I got. It was, it's uh it's an awesome, I think that, to me embodies what is great about FC. No, no like, doubt, man. No doubt. I mean, can, <laughs> can you imagine uh, uh, Alabama fan moving to a new town and going to an Auburn no. fan's house to watch an Alabama? No, that, and that's pure hatred. That That's not playful yeah. stuff. I mean, Auburn, no. Alabama. Um, uh, I used to do Paul Feinbaum's show uh, when I was at Sporting News. I did it like seven, seven yeah. or eight times. Yeah, he, he liked – recruiting and of course recruiting is a big deal there that's yeah. not a playful rivalry um and and it's an angry mean um nasty and you know some people from the outside will kind of laugh at it and go wow well that's what a rivalry is all about well yeah but you know when you do things like you know burn people's property and and poison a tree and like right. that is a iconic part of their campus I mean, I would, as a Florida fan, I would never go, you know, up to the University of Tennessee and, and you know, rip up the big orange tee in the middle of the field, you know, or right. or, or go to Notre Dame and spray paint touchdown Jesus or, I mean, why, come on, these are like, this is the <laughs> yeah. cool stuff about college football. Why would you, right. why would you why hate would you so that? much? And I don't, you know, I, I have heard that the Montana, Montana State can get to that level. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's anywhere near anywhere near the Alabama Auburn type hatred, but it's mm-hmm. it's pretty bad. And apparently that's a lot of um, like blue blood Montana versus Bozeman's a bunch of granolas from out of state with their noses mm-hmm. in the air. And I think that's a lot of what that is. Like Grizz fans, a lot of Grizz fans are, are you know, born and bred. A lot of them didn't even go to the University of Montana, whereas MSU is, you know, people coming from California and they're hippies and they're liberals right. and all that yippity oh, yap. Yeah. But, but yeah, Auburn, Alabama, you know, Paul, um, Paul's show is the best show. It, it, it was the best show in the SEC. And, mm-hmm. and you could tell, you know, obviously I started listening to it a lot more when he would have me on, I'd listen to it. And, mm-hmm. um, 
those people ain't right, man. They ain't right. And <laughs> and that's not the way it is when you're in um, the parking lot at the national championship game and you run into NDSU fans partying with JMU fans. And they're mm-hmm. talking smack. Of course they're talking smack. That's what it's all about. Well, it's the fun but part. afterwards, yeah. we're all going out. You know, that's the that's the atmosphere. And um, right. and that's the online atmosphere for the most part, you know, with the guys that run the FCS Fans Nation. I, I love those guys. They, they kind of promote that feeling. There's a lot of debate on that page, as you know, uh, but it's all playful <laughs> and it, it yep. it's fun, you know, and we, yeah, we met up with them and we, you know, it's, it was funny. We had an Eastern Washington fan with Kyler and, you know, an Idaho yep. fan and we, you know, we had JMU fans, uh, you know, NDSU, you name it. And, uh, and everybody's having a good time there. I think they, I think a bunch of them even got a, an Airbnb just to hang out for the weekend. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's just cool. That's, that's yeah. awesome. So, uh, that's the feeling, yeah, that I get with this level is it's a more of a more of a brotherhood. I mean, everybody takes it seriously, but not too seriously. Let's not burn each other's houses down because right. we insulted your backup punter. You know, it it just doesn't it just doesn't register. And uh, so, right. yeah. Anyways, well, SDSU and USD and NDSU UND back in the pretty nasty in D two. At the at from from what I'm told that the SDSU and SDSU USD games they used to sneak in if it was at SDSU they'd sneak in coyote carcasses and throw them oh on the court gosh. during the game and then they would sneak jackrabbit carcasses and throw them <laughs> on the court and um, this happened before that this was, we we tend to enjoy the NDSU rivalry a little more because <laughs> before the first game in division one against USD, they put a billboard up at the exit for Brookings on I-29 that said, have a friend over for dinner and show a guy chasing <laughs> jackrabbit. And then naturally some SDSU student went out and shot a bunch of coyotes and hung them over. Oh the my gosh. <laughs> and had them hanging on the billboard. So that was not as friendly. Um, <laughs> no, across the country, man, it's awesome. It's yeah, great. no, it is. To know people. It is. It is. Yeah, absolutely. So my my last question for you, and let you go. Holy smokes, I've had you for a long. No, nah, it's been great, Brandon. This is fun. This has been yeah, a blast. <laughs> if you happen to make it out for a game and you're walking by a tailgate, do you accept free beer? <laughs> uh, I don't. Um, <laughs> I and and I don't have you know I don't have a problem if. I, you know, uh, you know, the unwritten code is you're, you're working and it's to be professional right. blah, blah, blah. I right. don't do yeah, it yeah. because, you know, it, it's usually too early in the morning for me. And, <laughs> and on top of that, um, having a beer in the morning, it just puts me to sleep. I'm not afraid to have a beer right. at 10 a.m. and cover a game at one. I'm not afraid to do it. Right. I don't. I don't care what the other writers think. I don't care anymore. But no, I wouldn't do it until after the game. <laughs> uh, ah, and uh, and you know, but a lot of times after the game, we're racing back to get. Well, at least in Frisco, we're trying Sorry, to get back yeah, to the hotel right. to write. Um, I can't stand right. writing at the stadium if we're not on deadline because it's just packed sardines and it's too quiet and I don't, I don't know i just don't like it so so usually i hightail it back to the hotel or whatever but then we always go out afterwards with as many fans will meet up with us 
you know, um, and I, I try to buy the first round if I can, <laughs> but tailgating wise, <laughs> I'll tell you one thing, but, um, and I have made it up to a couple of James Madison games in the last couple of years. Um, you know, when they had game day, college game day, come to campus, for instance. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they invited us out. My brother actually came and shot photos last year. I had to show him this because my brother's a Gator season ticket holder. And I told my brother, I'm like, man, you're just shooting f- pictures and you're not going to be up in the press box. If you want to, man, you do whatever you want, you know, because the the fans were trying to get us to take a shot of this and do this. And so I did, I oh, yeah. admit, I did do one jello shot and it was so strong that I actually did feel <laughs> something. And I'm a big dude. Oh no my god! I was like, "Oh, those shot. guys, dude, they're diehard. They're JMU fans are crazy. <laughs> I mean, they they remind me of a smaller version of Gator fans because Gator fans are crazy." And uh, so I did that, but my bro- my brother, uh, a couple of the people brought homebrew, and they were cooking up a storm, and they had all this big old spread. You know how tailgating is, and and they're oh, trying yeah. to you know try this, try this, and I'm 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 trying as much as I can. Uh, you know, we're, we're taking pictures of, uh, tailgating and we're doing all this, you know, this is what it's like pregame. And my brother's taking shots and we're taking shots for Twitter with people and, um, you know, stuff in our faces. And they're trying to get you to take a shot of this home brew. And, you know, and it's, that was, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> and we got it. My brother and I got invited to an alumni event the night before. And, uh, we, we did go to it. Um, Again, if I had been in the newspaper world, I never would have done that. It's not, it's really not professional in the old newspaper style. Although I did meet, you know, I did get a chance to talk to the athletic director, which is big. Uh, I don't get to talk to Jeff very often. Yeah. And, and, um, and also to meet some of the key alumni and, and, um, you know, former players. So there was a professional aspect of it, but they had like, 15 breweries come out and oh yeah it was great there were like 500 alumni out there and my brother walks up and his eyes got big he went you're driving tonight right and i said yeah man i said have at it because i'm not i'm i might nurse one but i'm not gonna um i'm not gonna drink heavily i I can't but whatever you want to do and they gave us this cup and you know we paid we paid tip for tickets to get in there i wasn't gonna let somebody do it complimentary uh that that is not professional so I paid for my brother's and nice ticket to this event. And, um, and uh, yeah, my brother had a great time. We met a lot of awesome people. Um, you know, we look tailgating is part. It's re- really part of what we are about. Uh, I guess if interaction yeah. is what we're about, and whether it's on Twitter or tailgating, um, we're not just there to write a boring game story. I mean, those days are just over. I mean, we're trying to build a brand mm-hmm. and um, you're not going to do that hiding in a press box uh, in, when you're trying to do what our business model is and meeting. Uh, we love meeting people. I love meeting new people. It's just, it's my personality. And um, so going to tailgates, I love, and I've done it every game I've ever covered every game, no matter how hot and how cold we always do it. Uh, I just, can't take a beer in the morning (laughs) to sum it all up Brendan. (laughs) so that's all right that's all right i understand uh, yeah that's the long-winded answer i guess rock on that's awesome so and you guys got your um podcast yes 
be back yep. in the herd. That's a week. Um, in the off season, you know, basically in the off season, we kind of try to do it when there's a obviously a good topic. We're we're going to definitely podcast uh, uh, Monday, which is what April twentieth, because it's the week of the draft, of course. Yep. And um, uh, by the way, uh, Christian Rosenboom's looking pretty good. We think he could creep into the third day. By the way, so really, definitely, yeah, definitely pay attention. That pipeline's not ending anytime soon, and and I think you're going to want to keep an eye on uh, Cole in the future years too, because he's he's starting to get some buzz, not surprisingly. Uh, so, but um, yeah. but yeah, we're gonna we'll do one next week. We did one last week, um, you know, and we will begin to think about previews in May and. Uh, you know, Sam and I, our goal is always to try to get our preseason All-American team out before the magazines are on the shelf, you know, so yep. it won't be long in May before we do that. What, regardless of whether we're going to start the season when or whatever, we're going to follow the normal timetable and just act like it's going to happen when it usually happens, you know, Right. and uh, we'll start previewing in uh, June and uh, that kind of thing. So it's... You know, we blink and it's here again, even with, um, you know, right. being quarantined and all that kind of stuff. So that reminds me of one sure. more question that I wanted to ask you. My theory is that if and, and I said this to the guys on the podcast and they made fun of me. And then two days later, Chris Fowler came out and said it. If we don't have have a season in fall, do you think they do it in the spring? I just can't see the SEC in them not having a football season at all. Yeah. Um so, I think that I've heard this probably the same stuff you have. I, I I'm not going to lie and say I have any kind of special insight into that, but um, right, I could see them postponing a couple weeks. Uh, the pro there's a couple problems here. Okay, uh, and again, I, I'm not going to get into politics with this because uh, you can people can get so polarized right. on that. I yeah, I just think that. about the mo- the money and and I think right now people are willing. This is just speculating, I guess. Right now, I think people are willing to push back on money as we hold our breaths. But as time goes on, and fewer and fewer people are dying from this, money is going to push back. And when it does, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think it. You know, it may go to states. I wonder about that. Um, but that doesn't help the NCAA because the NCAA doesn't, you know, doesn't go by states. Um, but I think the pressure will come to open things back up, get back to normal. And um, it could be a thing where who knows, maybe maybe they start the season October 1st and you don't play any of the non-conference games, but you play your conference slate to set, you know, who knows. Um, right. But the problem is yep. if you go into the, winter and the spring you're taking a lot of gusto away from basketball which is another money maker it's not yep. as big a money maker but it's right. a money maker and let's face it football in yep. hoops funds every penny of an athletic budget so right you can't have any sports if you don't have football and and to a lesser extent basketball yeah you know and that's that's right catastrophic and so i think that and that's just, look sports is just one part of it i mean you know shutting down our economy also you know is not not good right. and you know so the question is when's the happy spot to loosen that up and when that is loosened up football probably will be too um i bet you the, i bet you they'll push i the, again speculating i would think they would push like 
uh, do it at your own risk. You know, wear a mask if you feel yep. like you want to wear a mask. I, I could see that. Um, if you don't want to go, don't go. Um, but we're going to play these games. You know, like, I could see a multitude of, of ways that they handle it. But I, man, I do think we're going to have football. I, uh, um, I think the pressure's going to mount as the deaths go down and the, the, the being able to handle uh, the sickness, you know, goes up. Uh, the ability to do that. And, uh, I hope, I, I hope it's a healthy, I, I don't want to push it yeah. if it's not healthy, but gosh, I hope, I hope we right. get healthier from this, uh, to the point where we can get back to normal and talk about stuff other than the virus. That's for sure. Ugh, oh, I know, man. Me too. <laughs> Me too. So, <laughs> well, um, looking forward to more of the stuff you put out, Brian. Uh, everybody subscribe to their podcast that they got on. You guys are on iTunes. Spreaker and Stitcher. And and, yeah, all kinds Spreaker of stuff. Spreaker and Stitcher and the S's. And yeah. They're all over the place. Um, follow them on, um, on Twitter. They've got articles coming out all the time right. on Hero Sports. Uh, follow those guys. It's awesome stuff. I love how you guys do it instead of a subscription. It's a free will donation if you want to i know i'm on the monthly Are you really? myself oh, cool. just because you guys and Sa- i am you you and sam bang out some of the best stuff there is i'm not gonna risk having that goal well man. you know that's been more of a that donation uh, thing we we thought it was a little strange at first but that donation thing really what it was was to gauge interest more than be revenue um and right it has blown our ceo away because you're not the only one and I think, I mean, basically oh, what I'm you sure guys not. have done is you voted with your dollars. You voted with what, okay, what should we spend the most time working to support and to build behind? And by you all doing that, um, again, it's not the revenue because some people are donating in a buck. But if you're taking the time to do it, you're voting with a dollar. That's that's a powerful vote. And um, and it's, it's right. sending messages to our brass. So uh that's interesting i i've had some people tell me that they've done that i um i have no idea how well that's done but except that our ceo has noticed i do know that so appreciate that awesome yeah and you know i might hopefully gets you guys able to do some more game day visits like i know sam comes yeah. to the marker game and was able yeah. to get to the brawl and you know more of that stuff is cool stuff i love hearing your podcast and info on that so thanks so much for what you do and thanks for coming yeah brennan i appreciate it man we'll we'll have to do it again sometime hey thanks for listening everybody remember to follow jackrabbit illustrated on facebook and twitter horns down i'd say man appreciate what you have because it's pretty darn good you know you don't see a lot of transfers going into valley schools I mean, there's no. now Southern Illinois is kind of a, a, a unique animal with that. They they are a little more like an OVC team. 